Hello, and welcome to Walk the Walk. A lot of times I like to look at those who Jesus has called to help save his people. Now, you can look at pastors and you can look at uh, theologians and, you know, you can see how God has called them to help us who are not pastors or theologians to understand more about who God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are and the charge or responsibility God has put upon their lives. Today I want to talk to you a little bit about um, who Moses and both Jesus were. I know you know who they are. I'm not, um, I don't know if the word is stupid enough to think that you don't. But I want to see some of the similarities between the two of them and the differences. Let's take a look at Moses. God had called Moses one day through a burning bush that he was going to be called to save the Hebrew people from Egyptian rule. Now that was an extremely big charge, not only because Moses tried to convince God that he couldn't do that because he didn't speak well. I don't know if he was a stutterer or what exactly his ailment was, but just by the mere fact that that would have meant Moses had to go back to Egypt where he was um, not very well liked only because of what he had done in the past. But eventually all those people who were out after Moses had died and it was time for him to heed the call of God to go back to Egypt to save the people from Egyptian rule. If you know anything about the story, you know that he did so, and he did so with the aid of Aaron, his brother, because Aaron would be his voice, his speaking voice, if you will. Now, they went back, saved the people through, God saved the people through them, led them out of that horrible lifestyle they were living. I'm not even sure they even knew they were living such a horrible lifestyle. I think sometimes we get so used to our surroundings and our upbringing that we don't even see things as being different. I'll give you a good example of that is um, for people that we served back um, at our church, uh, many were homeless and lived a life of using drugs. And I never understood it. I never understood why they... They continued to live in that lifestyle year after year. And they would come back to us at the church, and you would see the same faces year after year. And we were there for many years. And we got to know some of these people. And there were people who formed committees who wanted to help these people. Give them a home, give them food, give them clothing, give them shelter, All of these things, people felt a heavy burden to provide for some of these people. And I I think that was a, um, that was honorable on their part. But we would see people who did not want these things. They, They weren't looking for a place to live. They had a place to live. 
They lived under the bridge or they lived on the street. They had a place to live. Now, for you and I, that would be like absurd. But for many of these people, that was just the way of life. That, that's what they were used to. They had no desire to own anything that some people wanted them to own. It sounds bizarre, but it's just becoming accustomed to your surroundings. I digressed a little bit there, but I just think that was important to talk about some of these Hebrew people just knew nothing. They were living there for 40 years. 40 years could have been a lifetime for somebody who could have been born there and died there or born there and lived there until the age of 40 until they were brought out of the land. That's what Moses was called to do, to save these people from the slave slave life that they lived there. Now, I don't think it was like that at first with the very first pharaoh. Oh, absolutely not. But eventually the pharaoh had died off and a new pharaoh took his place and felt these Hebrew people were becoming too powerful, which you will hear that all throughout the Old Testament. People were afraid of them becoming too powerful. Now, you say, oh, wow, why would they do that? Because they knew they had the power of God on their side. So it wasn't necessarily the people were powerful, but the people that listened to God knew there was power there, and they were so afraid of that. So Moses and Aaron, with the help of God, with the direction of God, brought these people out of the land. Now, as you know the story that... um, uh, Moses goes up onto Mount Sinai where he encounters God there. He was there for 40 days and then eventually brought back down the Ten Commandments, which was just a way of establishing morality because these people were about to go to a land where these people did not follow rules. There were no rules there to be. These, the lands that they were about to take over were some of the harshest people evil people around. And God did not want them to have to go into that land, so he wanted them to go in strong with the Ten Commandments. These people could not follow the Ten Commandments. A lot of um, sexual immorality, a lot of paganism, was just a part of who they were. When they lived in Egypt, that's how they lived, with as you know, they followed pagan rules because the Egyptians did. They, they followed all these pagan gods. And if you remember, I think it was another blog or a post that I made that God, the, the ten plagues were against the actual Egyptian gods. So he didn't just willy-nilly create frogs and insects and blood in the water. All of those were related to the gods of Egypt. So Moses brought down the laws for these people to adhere to. But the one thing that he could not do was save them from their sin. He could not save them from themselves. He could not save them from their sins. Moses was very important. The work that God had him do was very, very important, both he and Aaron. I'm not even going to discount it, but what I am going to say was he did not have what Jesus Christ had. The ability to save us, you and me, not just the Hebrew people, not just Israelites, us, Christians, from our sin. 
To save us from our sin means to save us that when the day that we leave this earth, that we will find or we will be taken to our heavenly home. Now, that gives me great peace. It should give you great peace. In fact, if in fact you have saved, accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Moses couldn't do that for these people. Moses was very important. Jesus Christ was even more important. God knew these, God knew all of us. He knew that our inability to even follow the Ten Commandments was impossible. God sent Jesus to save us from the impossibilities of our life, to save us from our sin. He sent Jesus for all of us, but not all of us will accept that gift. You wonder why there's hell for those who do not accept the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That's what hell is about. You can say all you want at a funeral, oh, they're in a better place. But if in fact they did not save Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are not in a better place. I know that does not give you comfort. It does not give me comfort to know that possibly some of my relatives did not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's tough. That's very tough. It's a choice. It's a choice that people on their own accord make. People, I believe, know who Jesus is. I just don't think some people choose to believe who he is. Some people choose not to believe that that's who God sent to save us. Do you believe it? And there are some people who do believe it, but don't accept it. That's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. When you go to heaven, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you stand before God, Jesus Christ will be standing in between you and God, and what God will see is Jesus standing there. You will look like Jesus to God because you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, that you believe in him, that you know he went to the cross, he died a horrible death for you and for me to say the day that Tina Perry dies, there will be no crying, no gnashing of teeth. I will stand there with her and say, this is my good and faithful servant. And I will hear the words, well done, welcome to your eternal home. Hallelujah! How can that be so bad? No, it won't be bad. It will be awesome. It will be great. It will be exciting. And all you have to do is accept him as your Lord and Savior. Know that he died on the cross for you. Know that he came here to save you and to save me from our sins. 
Oh, Jesus, that gives me the biggest God bumps ever. Are you also going to hear those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in. This is your eternal home.